is Jared of the GM on ESPN 1025. The game, it is a Titans Monday. Titans miraculously win 23-20. And let me tell you, again, who should be the happiest person in the world today the Titans won. Number one, the kicker. Because if they had lost, he might have gotten cut, honestly. They may be going out looking for another kicker. Suckup may come back this week. I don't know. I don't know what is. I mean, if he's on IR, they, he can't come back till a certain time. I want to say it's after the eighth game, but I could be wrong. And we're at but, what? We're at if, seven, so next week would be the yeah, eighth so game. So he come it back would after have that. to be after that. So, but I don't know. I don't know that he's on IR, and I'm not sure. That he it's is exact, on IR. Well, then I think, and we'll let you check that rule maybe as to when you can come off IR. But generally speaking. Um, again, the kicker, I mean, they would have been just awful if they had lost that game. Number two. Plus he had the long field goal before that, you know, which was, which was fine right down the middle and then doink the PAT. Yeah, he sucks. But if, you know, maybe they can get by it for one more. Maybe Jameis will throw him enough picks and they'll be okay with it. But, but can we really take grand excitement out of yesterday's win? Yes. And. It's a win in the NFL. Yes, you can. And I was sitting there at the game, and I was just thinking about what today's show was going to be like as I thought Austin Eckler had scored a touchdown to win the game. And then I thought Melvin Gordon had scored a touchdown to win the game. And then I thought Melvin Gordon had scored again. But instead, the defense stopped him on all occasions. And so as I was thinking about what this show would have been like, I'm like, oh, man, you know, it's going to be four hours on Vrabel and the kicker and J-Rob and this, and that, and it just was going to be. And then the Titans won the game, and everybody in the stands was high-fiving and happy and excited. And, I, and I'm still a little convinced that the Titans got lucky. And everybody so, that wins is lucky. And so do I? Do we look at this game as, wow, what a big win for the Titans. A, a very what nice a great win. win for the Titans. Yes. They did their thing this week. Yes. They got a win. Or do we look at it like, by the skin of their freaking teeth, the season is saved because is, the bum charger screwed it up. This is the NFL. That's the way it is every week. I mean, there's no, unless you're New England or unless you're among all these other teams. I mean, that's the way it, that's the way it works. You go out there, what do I tell you? You know, two minutes and a timeout. Best you can hope for. Well, that's, you know, they had however long and, and a timeout. So, they have one inch to get, and that's all they need. And, and you can look at it and you can say, you know what? Uh, you can say, well, geez, they, they should have been able to get an inch. Even their coach said, you know, we got an inch. You got to get an inch. Well, they couldn't do it because the defense stopped them. And, um, and so that's, you know, you can call that luck. You can call that whatever you want. But, I mean, you see Simmons take that guard and run him about two yards back in the backfield, and you see those other guys go over the top and hit him, and then you see Woodyard knock the ball out, and then you see Casey. You can call that whatever you want. I mean, I call it outstanding defense. Well, and that was good because defense, for their usual standard of greatness, was terrible yesterday compared to their usual standard of greatness. 20 points. I know, but... 20 points. But the, that defensive series, Vrabel called it the worst defensive series of the season. And it was. When, they, got, when they were up 10 points. And I was about to rip Dean Pease a new one today. And that's the reason that Vrabel did some of the things he did, because of that series. And I don't blame him. I mean, I'm watching that game, and I'm thinking, Dean, get out of the prevent. 
There's six minutes left. And they're just throwing it to Hunter, gain of 10, throwing it to Williams, gain of 12, throwing it back to Hunter, gain of 15, throwing it to Eckler. And then I'm thinking to myself, Dean, get out of the prevent. But the one good thing the prevent defense is supposed to do is it's supposed to keep them from throwing the bomb. And then they hit Eckler on the bomb where he was man for man with Wesley Woodyard. Well, that's not prevent. I know that's not prevent, which yeah. is, is so bad. It's different. I mean, but, it's it, they change coverage. The part that I think got them was um, when they went and put uh, Hunter Henry in the Hall of Fame next to all the other tight ends they're putting in the uh, Hall and, of Fame. And I told you that was the way it was going to be. I heard I mean, Braden, Braden this morning, Floyd. Braden was like, I mean, if Jayon Brown's in there, he would have covered that tight end. I'm like, Braden, have you watched the Titans play tight ends ever? If you've got O.J. Howard, put him on your fantasy team this week if he's not Here's the series. With 6.39 to go, they complete it to Williams for 10. They complete it to uh, Henry for 11. Complete it to Henry for 13. And that was just zone. It wasn't prevent, but it was zone. And their thought was, okay, we're going to buy it. Well, I mean, Henry was you know, just flying down the field. So then Dean says, okay, you know what? We got to do something to slow this down. Let's play a play a little man for man and give it up. And then they take Eckler and split him out. And now they got Woodward on him or Woodyard on him. And that's 41 yards and a touch. When you see those two so, matched up, isn't that one of those moments where you need to say to Vrabel, timeout? You know, get Somebody the, needs to start screaming. You know, uh, hey, timeout. Time they, out. they did. They tried to do it again, and the and the safety went out there and took his spot. But I mean, what what you can no. That's not his fault. No, but the you defense know, he was. He can't cover him. The, the other one that got me with the defense was that drive. Maybe it was the second quarter where Rivers had the ball. Just every play, Rivers hit him on a third down. He got enough time. Got a guy wide open every third down and converted on that long drive. Well, I'm like, get part, off the field defense. The hard part was that we couldn't convert early, early in the game. We couldn't convert so that the offense was only out there for a minute or two, and they were converting. And so now their series ends up being, you know, 12 minutes long or something, you know. So, I mean, they were just getting, they were wearing us out from that standpoint. And and you know what? There's no there's uh, Allen is a legitimate receiver. Hunter's a legitimate tight end. Eckler's a legitimate running back. Williams, all those guys are legitimate guys. And Rivers is likely a Hall of Fame quarterback. So guess what? They're going to complete some balls now, and that's why that's why you have to be able to to understand. You know that uh, you know for Allen, I think Allen caught four passes for like. 60 yards or something. Well, that's a win. I mean, because he's capable of going, you know, eight or nine for 150. And and that didn't happen. Now, Hunter and Eckler, that, you know, that's another story. But, uh, but I mean, he, you know, Rivers is as, as good as a ton of the quarterbacks in this league. So I think you can celebrate this win today and then you have to move on and you have to completely forget about it and not take anything from it. It's like the Falcon win. You know, you beat the Falcons, you beat their brains in. We felt great about that Falcons win. Well, in hindsight, the Falcons are pretty terrible. Uh, I think you're going to feel that way about the Chargers because I think the Chargers are going to go in a little bit of a hole right now because they're so banged up. 
and on top of being banged up, you know, they don't have a home city, and I think all that will eventually add up. To your phones, so they may finish like, you know, 3-13 and 13 or whatever. To your phones, and the difference between 3-4 and four and 2-5 and five is psh, night and day. To your phones we go. Calvin is up next on Jeffrey Simmons. Thank you for calling. Go ahead. Thank you for waiting. Go ahead, Calvin. Yeah, man, thanks for taking my call. Uh, before I get to Simmons, man, you said you were there. It was really nice for a change. First home game. You know, when they when uh, Gordon fumbled and Casey recovered it, we could actually hear the home crowd cheer. There were no boos. It actually felt like a home game, so that was nice. But, yeah, man, I'm always criticizing Robertson here lately, and I want to give him some love because yesterday Marnie Hooker made a key tackle on third down. Uh, David Long even came in and made a tackle. Simmons was really good. My question to you all is, uh, is he going to only come in I want him to play beside Casey. I didn't see him much beside Casey. Is he is he going to come in as uh, just a reserve, or are we going to see him beside Casey? Thank you for the call, Calvin Floyd. Uh, no, I mean I think Simmons will will after yesterday's God, he's so performance. Good. He's such a monster. Move into a position where he will play right there. You know, probably right next to to Casey. Um, you know, I, I, we, how does we a guy who practiced two days play that way in a game? We talked about it earlier, talked about it last week, you know, about how, you know, what can you expect from this guy? Because not only has he not practiced, I mean, he hasn't done anything in the NFL. Um, but you certainly didn't didn't see that. And they even moved around. The one sack he got, he got from a defensive end position. Um, so that gives you an idea of some of the, some of the versatility he has. But... But you can't help but be very, very impressed with what he did in a very limited week. Now, of course, you're praying that, you know, the knee doesn't swell or doesn't get sore or doesn't, you know, any of those things so that, that, you know, he he doesn't have to sit out after this. You would like to get him to, to get playing time, and I think the playing time will just increase as he goes because it looks like he's... And again, we're talking about, you know, 23 plays, I think he had. We're talking about 23 plays, but in 23 plays to get a sack and a tackle for a loss and and do what he did on the goal line and do some of those things, that's pretty impressive. So I have a theory on Jeffrey Simmons that that is a 100% a conspiracy theory that we'll get to, Uh, but I don't know how a guy who practices three days out of the week goes into a football game and does that. Of how a 300-pound man, eight months after ACL surgery, goes out there and dies. Three days of practice? So I have a theory that I cannot wait to share with people. So we'll get to that. And we'll get to your phone. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. Jared and the GM live from the Wholesaling Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. Coming up next... Was the Titans' defense bad, or do we have to tip our caps to the Chargers? We'll discuss, and then we're right back to your phones. Jared and the GM at ESPN 1025, the game. We've had five minutes to play in the fourth. Rivers will take a deep shot, separation. Caught by Austin Eckler for the touchdown. Quick strike, L.A. Well, four straight completions for Rivers. He finally goes deep. He gets what he wants. Austin Eckler on a linebacker. You can't ask for anything better than that. Wesley Woodyard unable to keep up. Rivers right on target. 
I could not believe myself at that point, sitting there at the stadium. You got a 10-point lead with six minutes to go, and your defense, which has carried you all season, finally, finally can breathe for a second, and Rivers goes four plays down there for a touchdown. Concerning, is and, this... And it took him about... 23 seconds. Was yeah. that it? Yeah. No, it took more than that, but... It was fast. I mean, is it is it concerning? I mean, to be honest, the Titans haven't played a whole lot of good quarterbacks. So I do wonder if Rivers, because Rivers was having his way in the first half, I do wonder if that is a cause for concern that Rivers was able to put up the numbers he did against the defense with the ease that he did, and maybe we're just getting excited about a defense that's played the bum Falcons and bum Baker Mayfield no, and no, bum no. Josh you Allen. Have to, you have to remember the philosophy of this defense now. They're going to gain some yards between the 20s. They're going to go ahead and get first downs and get completion. They're going to do all that. But when you get down to the red zone, they're going to be kicking field goals. So the most uh, difficult part of that to to, uh, to really, you know, think about was the TD. I mean, because we don't do that. You know, generally speaking, that's not the, the personality of this defense. But I mean, they're gonna. It's just like New England, you know. New England is gonna. You can go up and down the field. You can, you can gain yards, but at the end of the day, you're gonna, you know, twenty one is gonna beat you, and so that's it. So you know, twenty points again, um, you know, against Philip Rivers, and 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 you know, had we not had Tannehill, could we have scored twenty three? I don't know. I mean, we haven't all year long, but if we just scored 23, like I said, we're 7-0. and Oh, I mean, the touchdown drive that Tannehill led that put him up 10 is something that did not happen here before that. Before Tannehill, and I tweeted out, let's see if Tannehill can go get one to, to win this game. And he got one. And then the defense in four plays gives up, you know, that's just, oh, just terrible. Let's go back to your phones. Titans Monday, Charlie on the goal line stand. Thank you for calling. What's up, Charlie? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Coach Reese, I love listening to your commentary, man. Thank uh, you. Freaking awesome. Jared, have you ever played football? I mean, not Madden or, or Tecmo Bowl, but, I mean, like that was disrespectful what you said about the the goal line stand they had. About that, how I was lucky? That was, un, that, was, that was unbelievable, man. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't luck at all. You know, if you watch that, them guys would bust their butt. They did, The guy didn't drop the ball. He knocked it out of his hand. If Derrick I mean, Henry fumbles that football in the exact same situation for the Titans, are you looking at that and saying, man, you know what? Tip your cap to the other team because Derrick Henry fumbled away the absolutely. game. But no, absolutely. you're not. No. Absolutely. I ain't I ain't even Titans fan. I just watched the I'm – a, I'm a football fan, you know. And uh, them guys were busting their tail. You can watch the fit. There's nowhere for them to go. It's a freaking wall. That wasn't luck. That wasn't luck at all. That was playing football. And, and it's right. funny. I, I agree Thanks, with you. And, and it's funny because, you know, we we are always questioning the the Johnsons and the, those guys, those DTs that never ever get sacks. And you're thinking, what the heck are they doing on the team? They don't ever get sacks. What do they do? Then you have a goal line stand like that, and you go, "Oh, I see what they do now. I understand." Well, so. I will say this though, you know, Simmons. No offense to those guys, he's better than those guys. I mean, he is a uh, he is a he is a mamma jamma in there now. I mean, he is a uh, Simmons. I, I mean, look, I thought it was reckless to play him yesterday. 
I thought it was nuts that they were putting him out there. I was scared, too. And I still have my reservations about that, you know, and I still have my theories about that. But watching him play out there, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really question. I mean, I, I think J-Rob, it was obvious they said it, but I think it was obvious the second they took him at 19 when we were down there at Bridgestone Arena doing the draft show and we saw his face pop on the giant screen. I think we knew what they were saying was, hey, this guy is such a bad man that we're going to take him because he is a bad man. And we're going to take him and wait his injury out because there's no way else we could get a, play, a player like that. I think that's what they were telling us. And then you watch Simmons out there, eight months removed from ACL surgery with three days of practice, and I'm like, he is a bad man, J-Rob. He is a bad man. He is, oh, man, he's something else. He is good. And so no offense to Jones and Johnson. They do their jobs. But this guy, Simmons, he is a baller. Well, this guy was, I mean, this guy was a top five pick. So, you know, you would expect that from a top five pick. And and if he stays healthy, which, of course, we all know is a big if, but if he stays healthy, I mean, the potential is there, Floyd Reese, that he could really, I mean, that he could get a lot better probably pretty quickly, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I love it. Uh, let's go to Josh, who's up next on Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, so I, I think uh, after yesterday, I think all the Mariota apologists owe some people some apologies. Uh, first and foremost, Corey Davis for trying to say he was a bust when now we see that he just didn't have a quarterback that could get him the ball. And second, Chris Sims for saying earlier in the year that Tannehill was better than Mariota, and they acted like he slapped baby Jesus in the face or something. Um, on, on Vrabel, who made the decision to start Ryan Tannehill yesterday? Uh, I mean, I, if you ask Vrabel, everybody made the decision from well, ownership on down to. I mean, I, right. th- I think who, it was. I think it was who, a two-man decision between him and John yeah. Robinson. Okay, who, who kicked? The, who made the choice to go for the punt for the fake punt? Vrabel, and that led both of those decisions were huge factors in the win yesterday. So I think Vrabel gets a lot of credit, and then J. Rob. I think he gets a ton of credit for building the depth on this team and slowly weeding out the weak parts. He got rid of that Malarkin freak, and now he's made a change at quarterback. So um, that's pretty much all I got, guys. Thanks. I love the show. Thank you for the call. Thanks, Josh. I will say this. I mean, in all fairness to Vrabel, and this is probably how Vrabel feels, although I should not speculate on how he feels because I don't know how another man feels. But, I mean, clearly Vrabel reads and listens to what everybody says. Uh, I mean, I think he made a little... I want to say like backhanded comment today to Eric Bacharach of the Tennessean, but he did. Uh, and it's just, it's obvious that Vrabel reads and, and listens and all that kind of stuff uh, based upon like those little interactions. And he probably looks at it like, I only get criticized when things don't work. When I do something and it doesn't work, everybody goes bananas, but I'm taking a calculated risk and I think I'm doing the right thing, which sometimes I think leads to recklessness but other times is fairly accurate that Vrabel doesn't get pats on the back when things go well, but only gets people get mad at him when, when they don't. I mean, think about Anthony Lynn going for, it on the fir- going for it on the first drive of the game yesterday. Anthony Lynn goes for it. Kick the field goal, Anthony. Yeah, let me ask you a question. You think that that field goal, those three points, would have helped Anthony at the end of the game yesterday? Mm, tied it up. Uh, it they would have won it because they would have been kicking to win the game. I mean, that's like... I mean, God, but Anthony Lynn, Rivers was locked in on that first drive, probably thinks, hey, 
Let's get up 7 nothing on the road. Keep my franchise quarterback, my Hall of Fame guy out there. Incomplete pass. You know what? You risk it. But, oh, what a bad decision by Anthony Lynn. Only because they didn't get it. <laughs> I knew you'd love that. Exactly right. I knew you would love that. <laughs> Damien is up next on Delaney Walker. Go ahead, Damien. Um, I think that uh, Delaney Walker has been very, 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 very um, central part of this team. He's the only real receiver we had for quite some time. Helped keep the lights on during the rough patches. But I do believe his injuries have probably started to uh, come on him uh, and to the point where his stock is decreasing a little bit. My question is to you, uh, GM, when you have a player like that who's a true athlete and someone who's a, a just a, a all-out football player, somebody you want on your team, stock begins to fall a little bit um and you know he starts to lose his place out of rotation i guess when do you start thinking about what you're going to do with regard to uh trading and uh what is that process like i know you're going to look at the contract and stuff like that but uh thanks for taking my call jared what's up i'll talk to you guys later thank you thank you um you know i mean to be completely honest he's probably going to be a tough commodity to trade right now uh, simply because he's coming off of that injury last year and people watching tape are seeing he's not playing, you know, the same. I mean, he, he never, ever left the field before, and and he's going entire games now where he's not playing. Now, I don't know what, you know, I, I heard somebody say that his ankle, the ankle he injured was sore. And, you know, that could be from a ton of things. That could be from getting stepped on. It could be... There's something in there that's just not quite right, you know, a bone spur or some kind of calcification or any of those things that, that could create the problem. Um, so it makes it tough. But I agree with you. Delaney has been such a big part of, of you know, some of those really tough lean years. And you'd love to be able to really, you know, get to a point where he could celebrate some kind of extended success. Um just, do you, do you just think, for him. Do you think you Delaney know? still has a role on this team, or do you think Delaney's done? No, I mean, I don't think he's done. I'm hoping he's not done. I mean, I would like to I would like to think he's going to come back and help. Now, John, who is, is making a bid. Ferkser. I mean, and Ferkser, we saw, you know, we mentioned yesterday, we thought those those guys would have a a prime role in, in you know, what we were going to do on offense and, and sure enough, they were. You know, Janu. The thing with Janu is Janu. Janu has some ability to make plays. Now he's he is athletic. He can do some stuff. But he'll turn right around and make a bonehead play, and he's got to stupid holding penalty right after the big catch. Plays. And if he can do that and just rely on his, you know, the skill set he has, he, he'll be fine. More of your phone, 615-737-1025. But coming up next, did Ryan Tannehill prove that the wide receivers on the Titans, who we weren't sure were very good, might actually be pretty good? We'll discuss next. Jared of the GM at TSP at 1025 The Game. They're playing without Melvin Ingram, no Brandon Meebane, no Justin Jones. Of course, Derwin James has been out all season. Keep your eye on Johnny Smith here right in the uh, slot with Corey Davis. Eighth play of the drive. Tannehill hooks a pass. Touchdown! He hummed it in there to Corey Davis. 
and somehow Davis held on. Corey Davis, fifth pick overall in 2017, and a legitimate red zone target at 6'3", 209. Corey Davis, the fifth pick overall. Floyd Reese looked yesterday like a fifth pick overall with the way he played. And A.J. Brown looked like a baller. And Humphreys had four catches, including a huge third down conversion. And Ferkser had a big gain. And I think Janu had a big gain. And, I mean, all these guys that we were wondering, like, is Davis really a number five pick? Like, is, is Davis any good? I mean, I guess Davis is okay. I don't know. Davis looked like the man yesterday under Ryan Tannehill. And I told you uh, my expectations for Tannehill on Friday. I said 250 yards. He got that. And I said, you know, keep him out of third and long generally. He did that. Convert third and short. He did a lot of that. And then I said, hey, find a go-to guy. Find one of these guys to be your go-to guy. And I felt like he really leaned on Davis yesterday. Floyd, is it possible that these wide receivers are be- are proving that they're as good as we thought they were going to be? And that maybe the quarterback or the scheme or maybe the inability to zip it like Tannehill can zip it was holding these guys back. Is it possible? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my thought. I'm just telling you, watching Davis yesterday, and we all know I have been as hard on Corey Davis as I have been on any Titan probably, honestly. And, I mean, Davis looked like a baller. A baller yesterday. I mean, he looked like the fifth overall pick yesterday. He made some great catches, great runs after the catch. He attacked the football. I mean, he looked great yesterday. Brown had some big plays. I would have loved for Brown to find a way to get that first down uh, on that third down that led to the fourth and short. But, I mean, to me, it felt like everybody had a role. Everybody played a role. Tajay Sharp, the Charger killer. Tajay Sharp had a touchdown yesterday. I mean, maybe, like, I am a Marcus guy. I, I I really believed in Marcus. I wanted it to work with Marcus, and I thought Marcus got a raw deal. And then I watch all these receivers play the way they do with Tannehill, and it's hard for me not to think, like, maybe Mariota was holding these guys back. You could have been wrong. I said maybe could have been wrong absolutely yeah i mean but you were you know you're you were kind of jaded there you couldn't you couldn't see the forest for the trees sometimes and believing in marcus and only marcus believing in marcus there's nothing wrong with that well i mean we but had people that wanted to believe in like only my dad in marcus like my is part dad of the problem my dad wanted to go to ryan Tannehill after the first preseason game so should we just give him all the credit in the world because he saw the Eagles preseason game and was ready to give up a Mariota just based upon what Tannehill did against second and third oh, teamers in he, Philadelphia? He's all, he's a visionary. I mean, he, so he it, always has been. It wasn't like it wasn't like the Titans didn't believe in Mariota more than Tannehill because if they did going into the season they would have started Mariota. But I I really doubted a lot of these guys. I doubted a lot of the Davises and and look. The, the biggest problem with Davis in his career has been, after he has a good game, to have another good game. That has always been the bugaboo for him. Well, that was the bugaboo for who Everybody else? under Marcus? Everybody. So what? what's new about that? So is it? can we just pin all of their not successes? 
in the wide receiving core the last couple of years on the quarterback. Absolutely not. No. I mean, we don't know yet. We don't know what we can do. I mean, we got to see a little bit more of this movie. Well, I'm just wondering why all of a sudden, like the line didn't give up any sacks. I think they gave up one sack, right? Or two sacks. So they gave up two sacks compared to the $550 million they were giving up a game before that. And then on top of it, you know, we didn't, they, you know, Corey Davis, time to start doing more. Tannehill gets in there, does more. Humphreys, when's Humphreys going to help out? He brought him from Tampa Bay. He had done it. Humphreys, four catches, makes some plays. AJ, who I think everybody likes right now anyways, makes some plays. The tight ends, they all made plays. And I think Ferkser, the backup quarterbacks on this team absolutely love Ferkser because that's probably who they get to practice with the most. But Gabbert loved throwing to Ferkser, and I think Tannehill likes throwing to Ferkser because he's thrown to him a lot in the two games he's been in there, or at least Ferkser has made a couple of plays in the two games that he has been in there uh, as opposed to when Ferkser did. I forgot he was even on the team when Marcus was the quarterback. Well, it's it's the same deal. I mean, generally speaking, you're putting the ball where they're going to let you put it. And and we've seen, you know, we talked about this the night before, how, you know, the slots and the tight ends and, you know, running backs, if you had one, was they were going to be a factor because of a bunch of the coverage that they run. And I think we saw that. I mean, we saw, you know. Davis is in know, a slot. He didn't. No, he's not. But, I mean, I think we saw Humphreys. I think we saw Johnu Smith. I think we saw guys like that that were, you know, open and, and able to make plays because of a lot of the things they do. Um, and, and I mean, you know what we saw? And it's funny how you can, you know, you look at some of the throws and some of the catches that, uh, that San Diego made and, you know, the – I mean, a couple of those sideline catches that Allen and and um, and the other big guy, the Williams. young guy Williams, made. I mean, those were phenomenal catches. Not great passes, but phenomenal catches. But you know, we're not saying that hey, you know, it's it all belongs to the receiver and that the quarterback was shaky. So I mean, I think we we still have to see, you know, Tannehill. Now, if he proves to be this, if what we saw was a preview of what Tannehill is, then, you know, we're we're going to feel pretty good about that. Back to your phone, 615-737-1025. John on the Titans' interior defensive line. Go ahead, John. Hey, guys. Great show. And, Jared, I think you were spot on about Simmons. I mean, that I didn't see stuff regarding his knee, anything like that. He was fast. He was strong, and uh, Coach, God bless you, man. I, I love the fact that you talk about interior linemen on a, a goal line stand because they get so little credit. One of my all-time favorite players was Will Wolfork for the for the Patriots, and again, he wasn't the sack guy or high tackles, but man, you needed somebody to clog up the middle. He was your man, and I'll tell you how far I go back, Coach. Is I go back. To the battles between Jim Otto and Charlie Kruger. That's a long Kruger, time. Charlie Kruger should be in the Hall of Fame just by looks alone. Okay, I appreciate <laughs> that, but nobody cares about Charlie Kruger. But, but, I mean, interior defensive line, I, I think it's kind of like interior offensive line, right? Like, nobody cares if you're good. 
But if you're bad because you can't stop the run or you're bad because you can't block, then everybody's like, why haven't you fixed the line? Well, people just don't understand what you what you need in the positions. Well, it's not a fantasy football so it's stat. E- everybody says, okay, if you're a defensive lineman and you don't get sacks, you're no good. And that is is not true. But that's... You know, the fan, the average fan, that's what they're saying. What good is he if he can't get sex? Well, that's, I mean, they've got a role and an important role. Although I'll say this about Simmons. I don't think if Simmons is going to be an interior defensive lineman, and it sounds to me like they're going to move Simmons all around wherever they want to move him to. Uh, Like he'll play end, he'll play inside, he'll play wherever. Uh, But if Simmons is going to do that, Simmons is supposed to get sacks. You know, there's interior defensive linemen that are good players, and then there's the interior defensive linemen, big man pajamas, who get sacks too, like Warren Sapp, and that is what they think they want Simmons to be. Well, that's it's hard to find. The good Lord doesn't make a lot of 330-pound guys that can get sacks because if you're that big, it's it's difficult to be quick enough, fast enough to get sacks. So if you find that guy... A la Albert Hainsworth. If you find that guy, I mean, they're worth $100 million because because they are big enough and fast enough to get sacks. And and that's what you're looking for. That's what you're hoping, you know, Simmons is or can become. Now, we have no clue if he can or not, but maybe. More your phone, 615-737-1025. But coming up next, I have a theory about Simmons. And once again, this is uncorroborated. It's a total conspiracy theory, but I'm trying to go off of what my eyes tell me. We'll get to that next. Plus, I guarantee you, Floyd will hate my theory. That I can promise. We'll get to that next. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They're my guys. I absolutely love Hiller. And you will, too. Look, it's getting cold outside. Want to make sure your heating's working? Get in touch with Hiller. Go to happyhiller.com, schedule an appointment. Hiller will be right there to your home to make sure everything is taken care of. Plus, you're not going to get overcharged. Why? Because Hiller has true transparency pricing. That means that you will get an entire outline of what you're going to pay and why you're paying it when they are at your home before anything gets started. There's no special fees or hidden rates or flat fees or anything like that with Hiller. Everything is drawn out for you so you understand it and so you don't get screwed. That's why I love Hiller. You will too. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. I use them on my home. And, of course, they're proud supporters of the National Predators and of the Tennessee Volunteers. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Phillip Rivers, 14 of 20, 158 yards and a touchdown. Rivers engulfed. It is Jeffrey Simmons with his first NFL sack. The rookie out of Mississippi State. Back from a torn ACL and producing for Tennessee. Uh, he's showing real good mobility there as he, he pushed Sam Tevy back about five yards and then cut right to the where he knew Rivers would be stepping up into the pocket. I felt him. I think there was some push. I think that there was, I mean, it looked like a big dude that was you know, going forward, was excited about playing football. It's a long journey for him. He's a great kid. He's a better person than he is a football player, and, and we think he's going to be a great football player for us. But you know, this is uh, it's the kind of guy that you want to be around. I'm glad he's on our team. 
Mike Rabel may say he's a good guy, but let me tell you something, Floyd. Jeffrey Simmons is a bad man now. One game in the league, and he is a bad mamma jamma out there. And he was killing San Diego yesterday. Now, I have a theory, and it is, let me stay before I go on with this theory, that it is 100% a conspiracy theory, and I am not accusing anybody of anything. Ian, do you have that saved as a disclaimer so I don't get sued? Yes, I do. All right, thank you. Floyd, do you have that understood, that this is my theory? Uh, I'm not even going to pay attention. Okay. (laughs) So... Jeffrey Simmons was first eligible to be activated this past week, right? Because he started the year on the pup list. And when you start the year on the pup list, then you have to miss the first six weeks, correct? Um, yeah. Okay. So he has to miss the first six weeks. And remember, there was a little grumbling before roster cut down day that said maybe Simmons starts the year on the active roster and they scratch him for like the first four games, and then he's ready to go because he was that far ahead in his recovery. But then ultimately they decide to put him on the pup list. So the first day Simmons is active to actually be out there at practice is Wednesday, and he's out on the field Wednesday. He's out on the field Thursday. He's out on the field Friday. And so the first possible time that they could activate him and play him would be this Sunday. And so they activate him, and they play him, and he starts yesterday and plays a bunch of snaps and makes a bunch of impact plays. So here's my theory. I know that when you're on the pup list, you're not allowed to practice with the team, and you go over on the side and you you know work with the trainers or whatever. I wonder if he was really not practicing on all that time that he was supposed to not practice. Or if Simmons was, you know, really ready to rock and roll. And he was, you know, maybe getting in some getting in some practice in time, even though he was. I mean, how could they trust a guy that had never practiced before to play as much as he played if they hadn't already seen him practice before last Wednesday? Well, he practiced. I mean, he played 20, I think, one or 23 plays. I mean, he didn't play a whole game. I know, but he was out there at the start. He was out there in the middle. He was out there at the end. I mean, he played a lot yesterday. And he made a lot of big plays. I'm convinced the Titans knew on Wednesday of last week. I'm convinced the Titans knew two weeks ago Simmons was going to play today or play yesterday. And they made sure whatever trainer work or whatever work he was doing on the side or if it was the side and it was moved over and all of a sudden Simmons, you know, get in a couple reps with the real guy, Simmons, even though you're not supposed to do that. Go ahead, get yourself a couple reps. I wonder if they did that knowing that they were going to play him on Sunday. Well, yeah, but I mean, and and I, that would be illegal. And I don't think the Titans would do anything illegal. But... Even if he did, why such a big smile? They're not. They're not practicing full speed. I mean, this is practice. It's not going to help him. It's not going to get him ready for a game. It's not going to get him. It's not even going to get him ready for for a scrimmage. But I mean, he because practice is just you know they they don't even have pads on the majority of the time, so he couldn't. You know, I mean, even if that were to happen, it would benefit him. How can a guy 
go with no training camp, no preseason games, no practice, and go out there and play 33% of your defensive snaps and light it up for the 33% that he was out there when he has no ex- – unless he's just that freaking good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I haven't. I didn't watch. I mean, all yesterday 33. on the yesterday on the pregame show, you were like, uh you you were like, I don't know if I'd put him out there because he's not going to be able to do much. Yeah, and he good. went out there. He took over the game. Easy now. Well, yeah, he didn't take over the game, <laughs> but he made some big plays, <laughs> including maybe one of the most he important plays a, of the game. He got a garbage sack, and it was a garbage sack, two yard sack, which is I'm not taking anything away from him. And he got a tackle for a loss. And he pushed the guard eight years back and, in the Sunday and he, on the biggest he, play he of the game. he pushed the guard back. Now, unfortunately, pushing a guard back doesn't take a lot of talent. But it's I'm glad you can do it. I'm not taking that away. But, I mean, you know, I, I would guess Johnson or I guess just about any of those defensive linemen say, only thing you have to do is knock him back. They could do it. My theory, though, is – that the Titans were more confident. And I don't know how they got to be more confident, but they were more confident than just watching him practice for three days and sticking him out there the way they stuck him out there. And the other thing I I can't get over is the guy suffered a torn ACL on February 12th and is out there on October 20th. That's wild. Like, I didn't know you could fix a knee like that for a 300-pound guy. Yeah, I mean that's what's eight months. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's they tell you eight to ten months. Ah, uh, I mean but he looked like not, he'd never been. That's up before. not to be. Yeah, that's not to necessarily playing an NFL game. You know, just to, to where you're supposed to be functional. Let's go back to the phone six one five seven three seven one zero two five. J D is up next here on a Titans Monday. Go ahead, J D. Hey, appreciate it, guys. I just had a real quick question. Um, about the quarterback play, really kind of the passing game in general. Um, we had, five, I believe it was five receivers with two or more catches yesterday, so we did a pretty good job of spreading the ball around. Would you credit that primarily to Tannehill reading, you know, the defense and progressions faster than, say, Marcus would, or would you primarily credit that on Arthur Smith and the coaching staff kind of making adjustments and scheming some guys open? And I'll listen. Thanks. Thank you, Floyd. You know, I'm I'm going to guess. I don't know this, but I'm going to guess that uh, it's Tannehill reading the coverages and getting to the ball, getting the ball to the guy that's open. And you know, simply because, like you said, I, I don't know how many receivers caught a ball, but I mean, it was a vast majority, more than you know. We usually, if you look at our stats, we'll have three or four guys that will have a catch. Well, I bet we had. I don't know. Eight. Seven. Eight, if you include Byard on the fake punt. Okay. Yeah, seven. Seven <laughs> seven guys. You know, so double what we normally have. Um, so I, I would guess that uh I would guess that he was he was being smart with the ball. And the other thing was, you know what? The, the great thing about veteran quarterbacks, they can get up there to the line of scrimmage. They can look around. It's just like Breeze with uh with uh Eckler. When he saw, you mean Rivers? when he saw, I mean Rivers, when he saw uh, Woodyard out there, it, that was over. I mean, it didn't. Uh, the ball was going there, regardless of what every anybody else was doing. Didn't matter because he looks out there and he goes, "Ooh, I got a mismatch right there." Okay, here we go. Get ready, little fella, and 
zing, there it was. I mean, I think one of the problems that maybe Mariota had is Mariota couldn't spot the mismatch and I and, and like have the aggressiveness in him to be like, I'm going there. I see this guy's matched up on A.J. Brown, and he can't even run with A.J. Brown. So I'm throwing A.J. the ball. I don't think Mariota has that, like, in him. I think Mariota's like, well, I'm supposed to go through this to this to this to this, so I got to do it the way they tell me and not just, I see this guy on A.J., I'm throwing it to A.J. And I do think Tannehill did see a lot of the, I see the zone. I'm waiting till he gets there. I'm zipping the ball in there. And he can stand. He can look at alignments and know who the players are, and you know that, and and have formed some kind of a thought process before the ball is ever snapped. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Did Tannehill's performance yesterday mo- prove that Mariota's never getting the job back? We will discuss that coming up next here on a Titans Monday. First, let me tell you about Authentically American. Authentically American, everything from there is made in the USA. And if you use my name, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, at checkout, J-A-R-E-D, you get a 20% off. That's right, 20% off with the promo code Jared. I love Authentically American. I love their jackets. I love their socks. I love their hats. I love everything that we wear at the office that's got our logo and that proud Authentically American logo, and you will too. It is that simple. If you're looking for high quality, which is what Authentically American has, because Everything from Authentically American is made in the USA. You gotta go with Authentically American. It's simple. AuthenticallyAmerican.us. That is the website. There you can check out the entire collection. You need a jacket. You need uh, different kinds of polos. You need a, with your logo on there, Authentically American can take care of all of that. And again, you get 20% off when you use my name, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, at checkout. That's promo code Jared. Authentically American, online at authenticallyamerican.us. Authentically American, the next iconic brand. It is truly American-made. Jared of the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game.